You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go. What's up, guys, and welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 209. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado and artist extraordinaire, Roshan Warner, at Roro. I just want you to know, Dan, how much I love your what's up, guys, at the beginning <laughs> of the show, because like sometimes in the pre-show... I'm like, I'm ex- I'm always excited to do the show. I love talking to you guys about video games, but sometimes I'm just like waiting for it to start. And then you do that. And I'm like, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm so man. ready. <laughs> I'm ready for this show. <laughs> Get some jazz going. We're pumping this place <laughs> up. Let's go. All right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hell the yeah. other voice is the DMZ daddy, the Tarkov Teletubby, Gage Dempster at Gilbo Biggins. I also appreciate you, Dan. You do a great job. Thank you. Thank you both. You, you both are the lo- real legends. And thank you to Christian Macias, who is at home sickly today. Hope you get better. Awesome prayers. And not, yes. not the type of sick that he regularly is on a consistent <laughs> basis. A different, like actual physically ill <laughs> this time. Yes, indeed. And thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Kirik, we see you. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube.com slash PXN and Twitch.tv slash PodcastPXN as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is the biggest Xbox leaks ever in recorded history, mankind ever. Yeah. Oh. But first, <laughs> the show always starts with the quick bites. So let's go ahead and jump right in. The first quick bite, guys, is Hades 2 officially has early access that has been announced to be coming in quarter two 2024 for Steam and Epic Game Store. It's on the way. God bless. God is good. God is good. Yes. God is good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so incredibly excited for this. I can't believe it. Are you going to play early access? I am. I'm not going to be able to not, to not play oh, it. Yeah, this is... <laughs> This is kind of one of those arcane things where it was like, oh, this is something that I was avoiding and kind of just wrote off. And then when I finally caved and played it, I was like, oh, my God, what? I I can't believe (laughs) I've been missing out on this. I think every time we talk about Hades, my 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 total hours played keeps going up. This is a game (laughs) that I'm consistently playing, even though I beat it like hundreds of hours ago. I absolutely love this game. I cannot wait. It's that good. It's that good. (laughs) I didn't play early access for the first Hades. but yes, I maybe maybe I will for this one, just because like you, Gage, I think I just want to get it as soon as possible, even if it's right. not in its perfect state. But it is already so good at, at its base, so I can imagine early access is going to be pretty fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm excited for you guys. And it's on the way. Just like this other thing is on the way. Stand by for Titanfall. Titanfall 2 is getting a new game mode? Question mark? Uh, it's re- Titanfall 2's received a mysterious new game mode titled question mark, question mark, question mark. The description is your rockets will blow out the sun, a reference to the movie 300. 
Fans have been speculating that Respawn is teasing something after a mysterious Nessie transmission was found written in Apex Legends patch notes. Titanfall 2 was also recently updated for the first time in years, which that update, I believe, addressed uh, the matchmaking issues that the game had. So maybe uh, Respawn hmm. cooking something up here. I, I don't know. This is so weird because... I'm pretty sure, uh, I want to say two years ago, I'm pretty sure Vince Zampella made like a pretty like direct tweet of like, hey, um, there's going to be some news soon, news soon about the tea thing, right? <laughs> and, it, and then nothing ever came of that. And yeah. so like every time this happens, I, I don't want to get my hopes up. But yes, Titanfall 2, uh, just for the record, for the 18th time, is <laughs> one of the greatest first person shooters ever made one of the greatest campaigns ever made and it released at a bad time that's the only fault of the game right it had its usual like all oh, the maps need some adjustment like all that stuff any any of the problems with it were totally like just yeah, this is basic multiplayer stuff the actual game is so good and we're seven years out from release getting a new playlist i want to believe dan i want to believe so bad but i i can't get hurt again yeah, the la the comment you're referring to was from 2019. 2019, which, which was the year that Apex Legends released, and of course, Apex ended up doing so well. I feel like that's probably what happened. Titanfall project went away, unfortunately. But yeah, could be coming back. We'll see. Should be coming back. Let's let's be let's be clear. Should be coming back. Uh, Kirik says, Titanfall 2, someone once sold me on buying that game in the GameStop. I bought it and never played it. I am ashamed. Kirik. Oh, wow. Okay. You know what? You've, <laughs> you've not played it? That's acceptable. That's fine because <laughs> your eyes haven't been opened yet. But <laughs> you now you need... stopped, played it, that's a different <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. Kirik, I'm telling you, if you are somebody, I don't know how old you are or what generation, you, but like if you if you have fond memories of playing Modern Warfare 2's campaign and be like, wow, this is a really tight, awesome campaign, or uh, Modern Warfare 2's campaign, this is going to blow that out of the water. So do yourself a favor, Kirik, boot this up, play it. It's like six to eight hours in and out done. It's, it's, it's good stuff, Kirik. It's good stuff. Good stuff indeed. Moving on to some not-so-good stuff. <laughs> Immortals of Avium developer has laid off half of the staff just weeks after the game's release. No bueno. I don't like seeing stuff like this. And uh, it, it is disappointing as well. Like, only a couple weeks in, like, yeah, I guess you get pre-order numbers and all of that, and you have an idea of how it's going to do. But I feel like, you know, two weeks in, you still got a, a little bit longer for the, the game's tail, I would hope but right yeah you would hope you would hope yeah I, I we were talking about it in the group chat when uh we shared the story but it's like like you said it's you would hope you would have a little bit more time and it being a new ip you would hope they would get a little bit more time to breathe and find their audience for a potential sequel but like i guess not i guess not it's just like the one and done sort of uh chances are coming up a lot more often in the industry which is kind of sad because this is the type of game that maybe not this particular type of game but the idea of a new ip new studio like new team like that usually is what gamers asked for and the fact that they did that and it didn't pay off 
it's kind of kind of sucks. Yeah. What was but what was the critical reception like? I feel like this game didn't like it, was it didn't decent. bomb. Yeah. No, exactly right. And it, so this is this this reeks of like again like the people having the final say and controlling the money, not understanding the medium, right? Where it's like this game just launched; it's just getting its feet under it. As with any software, there's going to be hiccups or or even just like coming having your ideas of what the game's going to be takes time to come to fruition, right? So it's yeah, th- this is. This seems like people who don't know the industry and like, okay, well, the product has now launched. Time to move on to the next thing. It didn't meet X, Y, Z. It's like, that's not necessarily how video games work. So disappointing news for sure. Yeah, 72 on open critic, which I mean, that's decent. That's for not a failure game. by any stretch. Yeah. Especially like you said, new IP, new studio, new team. Like that's for a debut. That's not bad at all. Now, they are an independent developer, so maybe they weren't getting enough money to keep the lights on, I guess. that's um, That could be it, right? Yeah. yeah. A lot of upfront costs for video game development as an independent studio. Moving on, Unity has responded once again in regards to their policies that they announced last week. We talked about uh, a, a little bit last week, but this is uh, in response again to that. And they said, we have heard you. We apologize for the confusion and angst for the runtime fee policy we announced on Tuesday and what that caused. We are listening, talking to our team members, community customers, and partners, and we'll be making changes to the policy. We will share an update in a couple of days. Thank you for your honest and critical feedback. That was (laughs) three days ago. (laughs) Very honest. Honest and critical oh. feedback is such a nice way to put that. Yeah. yeah. But what's the what angers me about this one is like the the confusion, the word confusion, as if we <laughs> misunderstood something, right? Where they just did a bad thing, we didn't like it, and now they're going to change it potentially. But like, no, you guys just didn't understand. <laughs> no, no, yeah, that, that's, that's corporate speak one hundred and one. We see that all the time with uh, with stuff like that of oh, the confusion or the there's been a misunderstanding. Like, no, no. Yeah. this is loud and clear. We understand loud and clear what you're doing. You laid it out actually in a pretty long blog post, and we read it yeah. all and said, no, that's fucking bad. Yeah, we asked questions and you answered them too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's been there's been the opposite of a lack of, yeah. or there's been the opposite of confusion actually. Yeah. We double checked and everything. <laughs> oh my god, crazy! Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just hope they they figure it out because that's not, not good. Not good. It's not. There's a lot of the, speaking of independent studios. A lot of independent studios who are in quite the bind right now yeah. because of this. Absolutely. But Ed Boon is also in a bit of a bind. Gauge. <laughs> that was a, that was a good transition, right? Uh, Pretty good. Ed Boon has vowed to fix Mortal Kombat 1 on the Nintendo Switch. I don't know if you guys have been seeing this, but the people have been posting screenshots and videos from the <laughs> Switch version of Mortal Kombat 1. And my God, this is it's almost scary looking at some of these screenshots. Oh I was going to say the one the one fighter who's supposed to be like this woman with like teeth and all that stuff yeah Yeah. Yeah. i was like the switch actually does a better job at making her look terrifying because it does like the uncanny the uncanny values just turned up to 11 where you're like what am i looking at is this an action figure or is this a person or is this a demon what am i oh my god terrifying stuff yeah it is really bad this is how i found out that it even came to the switch i didn't even 
it wasn't even in my mind that like, oh, this is coming to the Switch. But it did, and it shouldn't have. <laughs> it definitely should not have. Yeah. And I don't even know, like, Ed Boon says he's going to fix it. I, what, how are you going to fix it? Like, the Switch, I feel like the Switch has limitations. Fuck. Right. Yeah. If you're going to fix it, you're going to have to, like, develop a new Switch. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. maybe maybe that's yeah. what he's talking about. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. We'll fix um, it. We'll re-release it on a better on better okay. hardware. Yeah. Um. Is uh is it already is it running natively or is it trying is it using the cloud? No, it's oh, native. God. It's native. Say... So then maybe I don't know. I don't know how different versions or how yeah. that's even possible. But maybe that could be what he's going to be looking into is right doing some sort of update where it takes some of the load off of the native hardware and runs it on the cloud. Cause I remember the Witcher three that like, came and went on, on switch and I didn't hear a big uproar over that. So that must be fine. Like that must look okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. I didn't hear anything about it either, but right. Well, we're hearing about more combat. That's true, yes. Right. So yeah. Uh, Kirk says what's dumb is they put half effort porting it to the switch, but didn't bother for PS4 Pro or Xbox One X. That's true. Like if you could cool. port the if you could put this on Switch, surely you could put it on last gen. So interesting. Right. Uh, hmm. Very interesting. Oh so true. Yeah. That's a weird choice. Yeah. <laughs> but moving on from there, we got a look at zombies in modern warfare 2 with a, a brand new trailer uh there's a four minute zombies cinematic trailer um gage i don't know if you saw this row i'm sure you don't give two shits about this <laughs> i definitely didn't see it <laughs> uh, the ironic oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna add did you get a chance to see it or obviously it's cinematic so it's not like gameplay or anything like that but right uh, I was going to say the ironic part is how much time I've put into zombies over the decade. I've never been the one to actually dive into any of the story. You know? So like as somebody whose entire like decision on whether or not to buy this game rides on zombies, I couldn't care less about the zombie cinematic trailer. That's not what sure. I'm here for. I'm here about the gameplay loop, the core gameplay loop. That's all it is. Like I did watch this trailer. And like I recognized some of the characters uh, from the Cold War zombies, and I was like, "Oh, that guy's from Cold." But like I would scroll down to the comments on Twitter, and everybody's losing their minds and connecting the dots. And I'm like, "I don't care at all. It's, I want to see gameplay. I mean, I've already it's already been described as a DMZ extraction type thing, but with zombies. Personally, I like the DMZ, so mm-hmm. I'm already kind of leaning towards this might be my cup of tea. But I'm gonna need to see gameplay to really solidify that because the the story of zombies is always been ridiculous and too much for me to actually try and <laughs> pretend to care so i did absolutely watch this and i'm hyped for zombies but i also could not care less for the cinematics i miss i miss the story of zombies when it was just the little girl playing with the things in her room and that was the story and that was so cool i thought that was right and that's and that's kind of that kind of seems like it's it's almost like um an homage to like old horror movies and old sci-fi tropes where it's like you've got the one little girl tormented little child that's and like there was just enough there to kind of keep you interested, but like yeah, yeah now nowadays they take it like looking at this, you'd think this is its own game, and it's like <laughs> this is this is too much, this yeah. is too much for me. That's fair. Fair. Cool that we're seeing zombies in Modern Warfare though. Like I've mm. always wanted that. I want to use I want to use you know my M4 and blast zombies away. That's very yeah. excited at the idea of this. I want an AC130 to just fucking exactly. destroy all those zombies. <laughs> 
All right, moving into the last quick bite here. Criterion has been announced to be officially being placed under Vince Ampella's group that he controls at EA. I think it's called EA Entertainment or something like that. And he will help with the, or I'm sorry, that studio will help with Battlefield and the future of Need for Speed. So essentially their duties are not changing because Criterion has helped DICE with the last several Battlefields and Battlefront games. Um, so it feels like that's not changing and need for speed. They're still working on, uh, but it now they're being placed under Vince and Pella's direct control, which is maybe interesting. I guess we'll have to see. Um, I know Vince has taken on a lot of studios as of late, so we'll see what happens. Right. And this, this could be why we have instant instances like him teasing Titanfall news and then nothing come of it. Like I do wonder as much as Vince Sampella has done amazing things, he is only one man. So I do wonder if we're starting to see the negatives of we've got one really talented guy that knows FPS. Let's give him all the properties. It's like, well, <laughs> some are going to get, you know, some are going to get attention and some aren't. And so I'm, I don't know. We'll see how this shakes out. Glenn says, damn it, Daniel, you got me hyped for nothing. What did I get you hyped for? Zombies? Oh, uh, I think, yeah, because you, you said cinematics pretty late into the announcement. Oh. So it was a four-minute <laughs> zombies trailer. Glenn's probably sitting there foaming at the mouth. Sorry, Glenn. I think he's like me. I don't think he I don't think he really follows the actual story of it. He just he's there for the gameplay loop. So that's fair. Sorry, Glenn. I apologize. I should have <laughs> led with that. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> also, four-minute zombie trailer. Zombies show up in the last 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> solid yeah solid all right moving into the pxn news of the week we have two big ones here two big events we'll start off with the nintendo direct from last week a little wrap up here uh i'm on wario's uh twitter thread i think he has everything here but if you notice something i'm missing row yell at me Okay. I think everything is fair. Okay. Can I yell at you even if you're not missing anything? Uh, (laughs) Sure. Why not? Okay. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. It's like there's nothing I can do to stop you. (laughs) Uh, So, first, I guess we got to look at Splatoon 3 uh, and an expansion for Splatoon 3 side order Mm -hmm, coming mm -hmm. spring 2024. Bro, are you going to play this? Um, I think I actually might. I, I, I really like the. They did an they did a pre- expansion for Splatoon three already, but it wasn't uh, like a added game mode or anything like this. But I really like the Octo expansion that they did in Splatoon two, and this is more along those lines where it's a, a new game mode and added campaign stuff. This one plays like a a roguelike, and you can like choose perks for your character as you go through the different levels. And there's like all these damage numbers popping up when you're shooting them. It's like it, it looks really cool for uh, for Splatoon, like something that I haven't seen in in Splatoon before. So, yeah, it looks like fun. Hell yeah. Uh, Then we got a look at Mario versus Donkey Kong coming to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, It also includes local co-op. And this is, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a remaster of an old game. Is that right, Ro? Yes, I think it's more remake territory. Okay. But yes, Mario versus Donkey Kong was like, I think, a Game Boy Advance game. Uh, I didn't get to play it, but uh, I know Nintendo fans like any any old game that gets remastered. There's somebody foaming at the mouth about it. So (laughs) I'm sure somebody is excited. 
we're getting lots of Mario this year or in the next yes. year. Yeah. Um, we also got another look at Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown out January 18th. Of course, that's on a bunch of platforms. Um, this game looks interesting. I like the art mm -hmm. style. Me too. Uh, Horizon Chase 2. This is definitely going to compete with Forza Horizon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, no, this looks like an interesting, like, arcade style racer for the Switch. Um, we've got Super Crazy Rhythm Castle that's out November 14th. Uh, I guess it looks weird. I don't remember <laughs> this from the direct. <laughs> <laughs> that's the rhythm game one yeah me neither actually <laughs> huh interesting yeah. i guess it just kind of snuck in there snuck. <laughs> uh we got spy uh anya operation memories out next year this looks like a rogue yeah. game <laughs> it would be if i got to play as the 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 parents anya is really <laughs> cute but she's like a normal well compared to her parents she's a normal girl the anime is really fun but her parents are a spy and, a, and an assassin. I was like, if I'm going to play oh. a spy film again, I want to play as the spy or the <laughs> assassin. But it, look, it's more like a slice of life game. So it could be kind of cute. Oh, yeah. We got another look at Super Mario RPG, which this game's going to be the game of the year. 10 out of 10. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely for Dan's yes. <laughs> fantasy critic. Absolutely. Um, Heaven forbid Dan get a game that's not <laughs> 20 points, worth Goodness. 20 points. Um, I am seriously excited for this, though. I, I can't wait. Very cool. Uh, we got another Code 2 Memories. Uh, yes. Which is... This was a... Sorry. This was a, a remake of... Oh. Uh, or. Yeah, I think it's a remake or it's like a, a a sequel, but I think it's a remake of a of a DS game. It was a DS. Another code was a DS game that came out a really long time ago, and with this character, and it was like a visual novel mystery game, sort of like Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Hmm. Um, and this is just like a huge upgrade if you were to look at what another code looked like on the DS. So I never got to play it. I always wanted to play it, so I'm excited to. Give it a give this one a shot. Oh yeah, and also another code R is included with another code recollection, which is coming January nineteenth. Cool. Got all the another code games. <laughs> give it all to me. Um, we finally got a name for the Peach game, which is Princess Peach Showtime, coming March twenty second. We got a bunch of new screenshots and looks at that game. Showed off a little bit of a sword fighter peach. Mm -hmm. Some like she has a bunch of different forms. Pe sword sword peach was one of them. Uh, what else? It was like a chef Karate. peach, I think. Yeah, yeah. Looks cool. Looks like a, a cute game. I'm glad that she's getting a, a some spotlight. It's Literally, <laughs> it's interesting that this game is sixty dollars after. Um... Tears of the Kingdom was 70. I'm surprised that they're not like keeping their $70 price point unless they think that this yeah. isn't going to be as like widely purchased. Maybe they when they did that increase, I think they one of the things that they said, they're going to do it case by case. And gotcha. uh, if a game warrants that price, they're going to do it, which I think is 
good and the yeah. fact that they're sticking by it so far is even better that they're not pricing this at 70 after saying that is pretty good because i don't think i think it looks fun it looks beautiful but it's not like a a breath of the wild yeah. <laughs> sort of release and if if you're going to say you're going to price games at the breath of the light breath of the wild price point if they're of that quality i don't think peach is of that quality so it's good that they're keeping true to that so far very true we know what price Mortal Kombat one is on Switch. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's seventy dollars. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Whoops. Insane. But did but does Nintendo price that one? I guess they would. I guess they would choose that price, wouldn't they? Well, it's on no. Their store. I think the publisher. no, no, no. I think I think yeah. it would be. No, yeah, okay. I think it would be. Warner. Yeah. Because I know Nintendo sometimes does the Nintendo sales tax when like an indie game costs thirteen dollars on mm. Steam. It costs twenty dollars on the Switch for right. some reason. Right. I don't know who decides that, but right. someone does. <laughs> True. We got Saga or Emerald Beyond that is coming twenty twenty four. This one I don't know anything about. Yeah. Nothing. Me either. It's it looks like a bunch it looks like a Final Fantasy game. I'm just gonna say that with, <laughs> with stars in it. I don't know. I'm not sure. That's a great description. <laughs> uh, this is a little bit of an interesting one. Tomb Raider 1 through 3 remaster coming to the Switch. So, pretty old games coming back. Yeah. Very cool. I think looking at these uh, images, I think I little need, little, need a little bit more on the yeah. remaster <laughs> side for me to want to play it. But for those who are huge Tomb Raider fans, I'm sure this is cool. Indeed, that iconic uh, image of of Laura Croft uh, with her polygonal shape. Oh, there. Yeah. I want to see a real proper remaster that's a hundred percent true to those old games. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, this looks like Mortal Kombat One. So I mean, <laughs> it does. Which uh, is yeah. Sorry, Mortal Kombat One. Uh, mm -hmm. We got another look at Detective Pikachu Returns coming October 6th. Very cool. <laughs> uh, we got Trombone Champ coming to the Switch, which uses gyro controls or IR motion camera on the Joy-Cons. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> this is like Trombone Hero instead of Guitar Hero. Trombone. I remember this game came out earlier this year and people were like writing articles about it, about how much fun it was. Or was it last year? Oh, Either... really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it was like more of a meme, but oh. I never played it, but people seem to really enjoy it. Interesting. Oh, it's out. To... It's out now. It came <gasps> out. Oh. <laughs> right now! <laughs> Go get it. Run and get it, everyone. Uh, Kirik pre-ordered Gargo... Gargoyles for Switch Classic Edition. Nice. Oh. Nice. Battle Crush free to play game coming to the Nintendo Switch next spring was announced and shown. Closed beta test coming October 2023. Little top we're down getting, view. We're getting into the Fae Farm section of the <laughs> Nintendo Direct. <laughs> it's like, I don't know about this. Farm, yeah. <laughs> we're getting War Tales, which came out. Well, last week for the Nintendo Switch. We got Contra Operation Galuga 
reimagined by Way Forward coming to Switch in early 2024. Yeah. I love Way Forward. Always bringing back the cool, remastering the cool games or remaking it. Very cool. The art style holds up pretty nicely too. I like that screenshot on the um, side scroller view. I don't, I don't know what mm -hmm. view that is. <laughs> um, let's see. We've got Unicorn Overlord coming March eighth. This looks like I... fire. Is that the right it's game? like it's I think it is like uh it's turn based like Fire Emblem. I okay. don't think it has like the top down chess oh, okay. uh thing part of it though. Um but Vanillaware is the developer and I, I love them. They have they make the best they make really good RPGs, but their art style is, is so good. So so good. Very but, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for another game from them. It's like a cool mix between like fantasy and anime. It's like, yeah, yeah. Anime. Anime. <laughs> nice. Let's trademark that. <laughs> um, this one was a cool one, I think. Luigi's Mansion 2 HD coming to the Nintendo Switch in summer 2024. I never played Luigi Ma Luigi's Mansion 2. I only played the first one and the third one. So this will be cool. I've only played the first one and the second one. I haven't played. I still haven't played three. Oh, three um, is that, I like three a lot. Heard, yeah, it's really good. I still need to play it. And it's funny that they got rid of the the Dark Moon subtitle. It's just Luigi's Mansion True. two now, which is which is which is cool. I like that. Very cool. Um. Then we got Question Block, which is featured on the roof of the Nintendo Museum. Construction Whoa. completes March of 2024. <laughs> I want to imagine spending all that time building something that you just need to break afterwards. <laughs> That's the whole point of it, right? Yeah. Somebody calls in a bomb threat on the roof. Yeah, I was just trying to break the question mark block. What's inside the mystery box? <laughs> Jesus. Um, we've got Tears of the Kingdom amiibos that are coming November 3rd. Uh, which includes Zelda and Ganondorf. Look very nice. Very nice. Uh, and Xenoblade 3 Amiibo coming January 19th. Also look nice. And we have the confirmation of a Sora Amiibo <gasps> coming 2024. He's cool. In That's my boy. <laughs> And the F Zero rumors were true. F Zero ninety nine was announced. I guess in the same vein as like the Mario game they made recently and Zelda. Yeah, Pac Man. I don't think they did a yeah. Zelda one yet. I would love them to do a Zelda oh, one though. Shit. I, <laughs> they, I, I just manifested that. Sorry. Yeah, I hope you did. I hope that's the next one that they, that they do. They did like they did Pac Man. You're right. They did Mario. I think it was called Mario thirty for yes. for that one. Yep, because it's for the 30th anniversary or something. But and they did Tetris 99, which was really fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This one. This one also looks fun. I still haven't played it, but I've watched some people play it. It looks fun. Looks like a crazy hectic <laughs> F Zero game. I know a lot of people were disappointed that it wasn't a remake of the actual game, mm -hmm. but maybe this is the first step to that. True. Bring the IP back. It also supports the SNES controller if you want to play that way as well. Um, 
Then we got to look at Bandle Tale, a League of Legends story out 2024. I don't know why all of these games need the a League of Legends story thrown in hmm. there. They're building a universe, but uh, to make sure. Yeah, it's like Grand Turismo this... based on a true story. Yeah, <laughs> this is a movie. No, this is a game. Oh, it's a game. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, they're they're creating a bunch of League of Legends games now that are in the same universe. They are, and you know what? After watching Arcane, I might have to get into one. This was this is, and this is this is the funniest thing that I've seen of people like people people who like Arcane but like to shit on League of Legends. Is that the most <laughs> the most insane thing Arcane ever did was was make me think about downloading League of Legends. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I know that they have they have an MMO in the works, but like I, upon finishing that series and rewatching it a million times, I find myself needing to find an excuse to get into that universe. So I'm def I'm desperately waiting for one of these games to kind of hook me and and uh, and make me want to play because there's something special about that universe that's for sure. The way that things are going, they're eventually going to get somebody because they make so many get one of us. They get so they have so many different genres that are coming out. They're doing a fighting game next year that's supposed to come out. I think they right. did an RPG. So yeah, it'd be really cool. I hope they do a, a farming sim game soon, <laughs> like Animal Crossing. <laughs> We're going to farm some legends in a Undercity league. Tycoon. Hell yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Next, we got a uh, song of Nunu out November 1st. <laughs> I probably butchered that. I think you nailed it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Looks like an interesting, lots of lasers going on there. Lights. I don't know what those are, but. Uh, we got another look at WarioWare, and uh, Wario notes here. It looks like it uses the IR motion camera as well on the controller. So. Cool things with it. It shows someone doing a peace sign, and it's like outlining the peace sign in the game. It's kind of interesting. Uh, we got a look at... Eoden Chronicle 100 Heroes, which is out April 23rd. That's, well, that's interesting. It's like pixel art in a real environment. Yeah, kind of like a, sort of like Octopath Traveler. Hmm. Not quite there, but almost. <laughs> uh, Eastward Octopia, Octopia. Uh, paid DLC is coming this holiday for Hell Eastward. Yeah. yeah, I'm so happy that they're getting DLC. The, the I I loved. I never finished it. I want to get back to it because I loved it so much. Hell but yeah. the fact that they're still supporting it is so good because I'm excited that they're gonna make something else after this, and they just keep getting bigger. It's like an indie developer, so I'm glad that they're still still kicking. I was afraid that this was gonna be like a one and done <laughs> sort of thing from them. And speaking of farming simulators, it, it's a farming simulator, right? Yes, exactly. Nice. This is oh, what I wanted. This yeah. is it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Wargroove 2 was shown out October 5th for the Switch, so very soon, here in a couple weeks. Local and online battles. Cutscene and campaign editor. That sounds interesting. We got Dave the Diver coming October 26th for the Switch. Play with some sharks. 
<laughs> I heard that, uh, this game was uh, getting really popular uh, the last over the last couple of months. I haven't played it, it's like, but I think it's like a roguelike, sort of like Moonlighter, where you f- fish, get all mm-hmm. the fish, and then you bring it back to your store, I think, and you could sell it. And there's like some bosses and all that kind of stuff. It, it looks cool. It looks really cool. You know what? I, I might have to. Sorry. I had to give that a shot. Moonlighter, shout out to Moonlighter, one of the great little indies of the last couple of years. You know what I miss? I miss that game where you start as a tiny little fish and you have to keep eating bigger and bigger, like smaller fish. Oh. And get Are you talking about the Flash game? Yeah, probably. Oh my I know. God, what a throwback. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Uh, Hungry Shark, was it, or something? I don't remember. But I think Glenn I mean, used to play those games religiously. Actually, yeah. I think he bought. They made like a, they made a version on the Xbox One. I think way back that was I like native so. to the Xbox One, and he spent money on it and played the absolute crap out of it. <laughs> I think there's on a 360. I think I bought that. Maybe one. that's what it was. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. I could be mistaken. Yeah. There's a a newer, well, a more recent version of that called uh, Slitherio. I think it's like oh. when you're a snake, you're like you start as like a little tiny snake and then there's other snakes in the match and right. it's like multiplayer like so i think you can go on the website and there's like just people playing it and you just spawn in as a little snake and you try to get bigger and it's really fun it's it's kind of like that that's interesting i'll have to yeah. check that out what is that called uh, i think it's called slither and then dot io i hope it's still around it's like oh yeah there used to be a bunch of those there was ones where like you'd be like a giant dot and it, same thing like you're saying yes. multiplayer right and you get bigger and bigger as you eat the the computer dots and then also the other people playing right oh. right that was kind of like a that was kind of like a fad that went around yeah oh, i think I, yeah. the website's still on and and there are still people in here yeah <laughs> all right game night this weekend boys we're playing <laughs> i don't know about you guys but i'm gonna be playing this the rest of the shit no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, my god we got uh, a look at wave six of mario card eight deluxe dlc which I, I believe this is the final one is that right ro Yes, this is the last wave. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure. I think there was rumors that they might extend it, but I think that's just people having copium, hoping that they would add characters that didn't get added. But I believe this is the last one. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, they're adding Wee Daisy Circuit. They're adding Diddy Kong, which is, that's awesome. Funky Kong, uh, Pauline, and Peachette. Those some some characters being added. Four characters. That's pretty cool. Is Peachette a different person from Peach? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yes. She She's is? She's got a different name. Yeah. Really. <laughs> she, wow. is. she is Toadette transformed into Peach. Man, the Mario lore is <laughs> <Wow>. insane. <laughs> Isn't right. that crazy? That Isn't is... that crazy? <laughs> wow. Of course, Ro would know the answers. <laughs> I think, I think there's, there's actually an answer to it too. Yeah. I was like, oh, this, this <laughs> stupid a, little throwaway thing. Like, well, actually, in yeah. in the in the first book, <laughs> okay. in the Mario universe, you know, <laughs> the Mario cinematic universe. War. That's a, that's amazing. When's Peachette coming to the Mario movie universe? God, I, I hope the next one. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh among us that's a game we haven't heard from in a while is getting a new map coming in october and it's called the fungal nice (laughs) getting fungal uh because of the fungus yes it's the last of us this is how it begins right right 
<laughs> Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door has been shown, Ooh. which I believe another remaster, correct, Ro? This is a uh, remake. Remake. I'm pretty sure. Hell yeah. Of the of the original game. They like upped all the I guess it is that it gets to that weird right. territory where yeah. it's like it's it is the exact same game, but it looks so much better that I don't think it's like a remaster. Yeah. That's well, but, uh, I mean, we're at yeah. least at the point where we know it's not the same engine, right? It can't it yes. can't be right yeah. at this point. So I think it, it does. It does get that title of, of proper remake. Yeah. Like a, a, what would you, I don't know. Like a, um, I don't even know what you'd call it, but like a true yeah. to a, a very true, like, you know, remake type thing. Yeah. It uh, it looks great. I I can't wait. I I love the Paper Mario games, but this, this is the one that I miss. The one that started all. The oh. one that people love so much. But uh, I've loved the ones that have come after, even though I know that's not a popular opinion. But that's because I haven't played the first one. Yeah. So I'm very excited that it's uh, being re-released. Or I've heard a lot of good buzz for this. A lot of people in my circle too that are like big Mario fans are like, "This is the one I'm waiting for. Yes. This is it." It's really good. It's really good. So I've heard. That is very cool. Very excited for you. I will not play it. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. Ditto, Dan. <laughs> Ditto. Uh, but it is coming in 2024. And that right. is the end of the direct. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. What was your favorite one, Ro? Uh, in the direct. Honestly, it would probably would be Paper, Paper Mario. Hell yeah. And uh, the Eastward announcement was pretty cool, too. Very cool. Yeah. All right. We're going to move into the PlayStation State of Play event. And we've got a bunch of announcements from there. I also kind of threw in uh, the impressions for Spider-Man 2 that have been hitting as well. I believe that hit the day after the State of Play um, went live. Um, mm -hmm. So we can talk about that as well. Oh my uh, <laughs> a lot of good stuff there. Um, but starting with the state of play here, uh, from the top, we got a game called Baby Steps. Um, I'm not going to lie. When I was watching this, I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Right <laughs> now? But uh, what a way to start to. Yeah. Like this is the game you opened with. Yeah. But yeah, it's very interesting in I'm indie game. Um, yeah i'm into it man i love it i love the i love the humor too of like because we have we've had like speaking i mean making the connection to flash games you're talking about earlier like there was that game where uh it was side scroller but it was the same type of uh concept where it was like a person on a track i think like a track running and i remember each of the keys was a different part of the body and like i remember that in the days of like happy wheels that was one of the games that went around where people would try and run as fast as you could and so now they're taking this same kind of concept, bring it 3D, but then also like tongue and this kind of tongue in cheek humor of like you're a gamer leaving the house for the first time and you have to learn to walk and explore the room. Like, I dig this. I think this is funny. I love self-deprecating humor. I, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of talented video game people who love the industry that made this. And this is fun. This is cheeky. I like this. This is I mean, if it, if it comes out and it's $40, like that's going to be a no for me. But I mean, if it's a fun little <laughs> indie game, like, absolutely, I'll pick it up. This looks I like this. This game is uh, is doing something for me. <laughs> Hell yeah! Gages into that cheese. I am. <laughs> uh, then we got a look at Ghostbusters: Rise of the Ghost Lord. They had a little developer roundtable, um, and that's coming October twenty sixth to PlayStation VR, of course. 
We've got some VR games, guys. Oh, they're coming. Coming. <laughs> and another game that's coming, which I thought looked really sick. Resident Evil 4 remake in VR, PSVR 2. Oh, that would be so cool to play. I ain't buying a fucking PSVR 2 for just this game, though. Uh, <laughs> so, but yes, they also announced um, the Separate Ways DLC, for which, of course, stars Ada Wong. Um, it's the same DLC that was in the original Resident Evil 4, so people were clamoring for this for a while. So I'm very excited that they are getting that put in as well. And that actually comes out tomorrow. So very cool. Play as Ada. Then we got a look at Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. We got another look at that game from Ubisoft and uh, Massive Entertainment. <laughs> uh, How are we feeling about that one, Dan? Every time I look <laughs> at it, I just can't help but think like... I, I, I know what this is going to be. It's going to be a Far Cry game, like fucking with the same Ubisoft things. But like, I at least have to commend the visual design of this game. I, I really like all the colors popping through and it feels very much like an Avatar game. I just don't know if the gameplay is going to necessarily get there, I guess. Um, Absolutely based. You took all the words out of my mouth. Art style, the art team deserves all the pats on the back in the world. This looks absolutely incredible. I'm watching the gameplay trailer though. Like, like I said, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was like, wow, this is uh, this really is Far Cry and Snowdrop, huh? This is uh, this is this is what this is. Maybe a sale game. Maybe I'll play it on right, sale. right. Or, you know, surprisingly, oh, wow, 9 out of 10, 9 out of 10. This is really great. The story is really, okay, sure, maybe I'll pick cool. it up. But yeah, I, I mean, that would be great. That's the best case scenario for any game coming out, right? Like, that's what we want. But I'm, I'm, I'm with you, right? So far, it's pretty, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that, I guess. <laughs> Christian's going to be keeping an eye on this one. Ghost Runner 2 had another trailer shown off. Uh, it's coming October 26th, and the demo is available out, out right now. So you can check this out ASAP. I might play this game. I just hope I can beat it, unlike the first one. And it wasn't because of lack of time. It was because I physically I could not beat this one section. But, right, it's a young man's game. Age? That was years <laughs> ago. That was when I was young, yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we got to look at a new Deep Earth collection for PlayStation 5 with three new colors um, for the console and controllers. Uh, well, I'm sorry, console covers and controllers. So we got Volcanic Red, uh, Cobalt Blue, and Sterling Silver for each of those. Uh, why we can't get, you know, more Spider-Man Collector's Edition fucking covers fucking no idea but you can still buy the fucking ps5 you know for 550 dollars that spider-man theme fucking ridiculous yeah oh jimmy 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 <laughs> um and then a game that gage and christian are definitely excited for maybe maybe real maybe mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh hell divers 2 we got another look at this game it looks very cool very cool the Looks ODST great. drop pods. Mm. Dan, you see, <laughs> this should be no surprise to you because I've talked about forever how I wanted a third-person Halo game, and this is this is as close as I'm going to get. <laughs> so 
Uh, no, this looks great. This looks fun, fast, and fluid. And as long as the core gameplay loop has enough to actually make you want to keep playing it, I would love for this to be a game that we all like get into and play. I mean, I know I'm certainly going to be playing it. And uh, again, I just, I hope that uh, the core gameplay is enough to keep me there because it looks it looks fun to play, which is a game that I want. I don't really want a game that I have to worry about grinding or about this or this or that or battle passes or seasons event. I just want something that's fun to play. And this, hopefully to be a fun little third computer to play with the boys hell yeah i love how you can like uh how it looks like roles and like characters that you pick are going to be like a a big part and I, i'm blanking kind of on how it worked in the other the first game but it's cool how like there's a guy who has a rocket but there's also a guy who has to load the rocket and put the the barrels into the bazooka like that's really cool i, I that like is. that kind of teamwork that might go into that yeah, when you force cooperation in a co-op game, you, you you have the potential for this to even though it's a third-person shooter to have moments of like you're playing Overcooked, where you're panicking, you're oh, get over here, roll, I need the bazooka now, right? That kind of thing, and and, and you just you just mentioned one thing, right? But it's if if there's similar mechanics to like shielding and to health mm-hmm. and to all this stuff, like yeah, exactly. This could be a fun little chaotic game. Not to mention the the friendly fire. Yeah, oh, God. I love crazy. that. Valve Valve did that made that decision too, right? No matter what difficulty you play on, there's friendly fire in, in both Left 4 Dead games, and they stood by that decision because it just kind of adds to the chaoticness and cooperative more, nature. I like that. I like makes that it more decision. tense too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this game is definitely not coming September 22nd, like Chris <laughs> thought. No. no, it's not. You can pre-order starting September 22nd. It is coming February 8th, 2024. Very cool. Then it's a good spot for it too. Good spot for it. Yes, agreed. Then we got a look at Marvel's Spider-Man Two. We got an expanded look at uh, Marvel's New York uh, setting, uh, but also to kind of throw in the uh, previews that we've gotten as well. The next day, uh, there's a lot of stuff that has come out about this game. Um, so I don't think we really needed deep dive into everything but uh this game looks insane i mean the switching the uh instant character switching and how the map like zooms in it looks really cool i i love that like the animation between the two oh it's insane another tidbit that did come out from the previews is that uh when you're exploring as one of the Spider-Man, you might sometimes run into the other one. Like, say you're playing as Peter, <laughs> and you're just swinging around. You might run into Miles fighting someone. You could join in, and they, and vice versa. Like, maybe you're running around, and Miles comes and sit, helps you out for some reason. And like, it just naturally happened. Like, that sounds really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's literally like a living, breathing world. Like, yeah. all the characters actually feel like they're living there, including the ones you're playing as. It's awesome. I'm so excited. Looks very good. And all this all this uh outfits and suits that they have announced. Oh. And there's like different colors uh variants yeah. of each one, right? Yeah. There's yeah, there's I think they said there was like over 65 which is in, over 65 costumes. I don't know if that includes one includes the different colors as well. Yeah. Um if it does then that's that's less, but that's still kind of cool. Still really cool. Yeah. And the web wings, people were talking about how awesome the web wings are mm-hmm. and how they like pretty much didn't know they needed this feature, like to glide through the city. That's 
really yeah. cool. Very yeah. cool. Uh, wait. Can I replace it over there? I didn't know this part. That's interesting. We get to put Avengers Tower in our game as opposed to maybe a real-life building. I didn't know that they got the rights to do that. You couldn't get the right licensing rights for a building, so you had to replace it with any other sort of licensing challenges you face. Oh, okay. That's very cool. Huh. Wait, Avengers Tower? Was Avengers Tower uh -huh. on in the original? I think it was. Was it? Oh, I thought yeah. it was. Okay. I thought it was. I guess they forgot that. <laughs> or, yeah, or maybe maybe, maybe I'm, I'm thinking of reading that. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was. Maybe it was maybe they're saying that they could design it like how the real Avengers Towers look like. Or not the real uh, one, or the accurately to the the one that's in the universe or something. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was in the first game. Yeah, never mind. Pretty you're, sure. Yeah, you're right. I misread <laughs> that. I, that's what I get for skimming the article while we're <laughs> going. But yeah, no. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm very excited. Very excited to play that. Uh, we also got a digital deluxe trailer, of course. All the goodies that come with that. A bunch of skins. 19 inches of Venom? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Well, that's the collector's edition. Mm. Yeah. How many inches of Venom do I get for the digital deluxe? Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. There's no Venom on here, so... No inches, no me. Sorry. <laughs> Then we got a look, guys, at Tales of Arise Beyond the Dawn. Ro, you were excited oh, about yeah. this. I am. Tales of Arise, great J JRPG, awesome combat, great characters, fun story. I want more. If they're giving <laughs> me more, I'll take it. Very excited. I want the next game, but I'll take some DLC in the meantime. <laughs> Hell yeah. I can't even... <laughs> I can't even help but say this next game looks the exact same as <laughs> Tales of Arise. I'm sorry. How dare you? Honkai Star Rail <laughs> is coming October 11th, 2023. From the the Genshin people made this one. Muyoverse. Mu oh. Mu Mu Horiyoverse. One of those two. <laughs> this next game definitely doesn't look like <laughs> the, the tales of arise again uh foam stars is getting an open beta party an open beta announcement trailer so got a lot of foaming going on here of course this is the uh, game that's very similar to splatoon um mm -hmm. and this beta starts uh september 29th and goes to october 1st so very soon interesting i think the first time that we saw this i, I thought it looked really bad i still think it looks really bad but apparently the people that have played it say it's really it's fun, fun. Yeah. really fun to play so it's i guess it's a wait and see sort of situation they took the splatoon engine and made this <laughs> I, <can't>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do like the characters though yeah very cool very stylized all right and then we have one final announcement or trailer and it was for final fantasy 7 rebirth of course the second iteration of the remake and i could not be any less excited no i'm just kidding sorry <laughs> ro, ro i know you're excited you're excited i am so excited i i still haven't played the original original i played the remake but from what people are saying this is like 
we're getting into things are starting to look different than what the original did, which is really excited for people who have played the original where this is, is literally new content for them too. Um, but yeah, it looks really good. It looks beautiful. Tifa looks beautiful. The gameplay looks amazing. <laughs> and February 29th as a release date, that's so cool. Getting the leap year day. That's neat. I like that. Yeah. And it's on two discs too. It's a beefy game. Yeah, Kirik, uh, if you're talking about, yeah, I think he's talking about this. February 29th, as Rose yeah. said, leap year day is coming out. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yep. I, I like, I just love how they put the disclaimer on two discs. Like, we, do we yeah. need that disclaimer? <laughs> no, but. Just so you know. Yeah. Uh, Kirik also says, just notice your cap gauge. Are you a Jays fan, eh? I am by demographic because I live <laughs> an hour away from Toronto and if I were to wear any other hat I feel like I'd run into some trouble so yes I occasionally go to the Jays game and I do I do enjoy the odd baseball game sure. <laughs> it's like I wear it as a safety <laughs> safety defense I don't want to get hurt yeah I'm one of you <laughs> I promise hell yeah uh, Kirik says I'm in TO. Um, is that Toronto? To. Oh, is Kirik a Canuck? I guess. Hell yeah. The the Canadians that explains why he's so based all the time. Canadians have outweighed me this week or outnumbered me. Well, I guess you always will. Would have yeah. Always will. Yeah. <laughs> always forget that. True. But you know who doesn't outnumber me and fantasy critic all of you, and we are moving into the fantasy critic check-in. Uh, Mortal Kombat One. Uh, we got like five reviews or something like that last week. We've got a lot more this week. It is at an eighty-six, which is a cool sixteen points for me. Hell yeah, let's go! Uh, but we also have a couple games upcoming. Cookie Cutter still doesn't have a release date yet. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty is coming September 26th, and that is coming from Gage. You got a oh. game coming. And that's going to give you a lot of points. The, yeah. the reviews have been really good for it so far. Oh, yes. For which one? For Phantom for, Liberty. Yeah. I just I don't think they've like been put in points form yet but i think they've they been have reviewed. actually oh i just saw cool. it when you said that i saw it in uh, open critic i missed that so it is yeah it's sitting at an 88 and there's 63 reviews already so oh yeah 18 nice. points for gauge what what game is this again <laughs> cyberpunk 2077 cyber right yes cyber, yes yeah. cyberpunk i'm i was very excited for this yeah <laughs> Yes, I'm I'm so glad that it's doing well. <laughs> uh, we also got Cocoon coming up soon, September 29th, which is Christian's game. Um, so I guess we'll see if Cookie Cutter gets a release date, bro. God, I hope so. It's supposed to come summer <laughs> 2023. Summer's running out. Yeah, I think it's already ran out, right? Or I don't know when the official end of summer is. Neither uh, do I, honestly. <laughs> it it never makes sense when the start and end dates of the official seasons is ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. September twenty third. You have three days. Three oh. days, real. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> yes. And stay tuned 
for more October dates. We've got a lot of games in October on our list. Holy shit. Wow. Stay tuned for those. But moving on from there, let's go ahead and go into what you got for me, Daniel. I have finally been playing Starfield. I finally put in about six or seven hours, maybe, uh, since last week, and I am enjoying it a lot thus far. I think I'm still pretty early, so like I haven't got to the meat and potatoes quite yet. I, I still don't know how I feel about the speech system yet. It's still early, but like some of the speech stuff is like my favorite parts of Fallout and Elder Scrolls, and I love like building up that attribute. And it feels a bit too incons inconsistent for me right now. Uh, but obviously, like I said, I'm still very early. Um, I don't know if I like this new system or not yet, but stay tuned on my thoughts on that. Um, but the gameplay is really, really fun. Uh, I really am enjoying that thus far. Uh, traveling to all the planets is uh, a lot of fun. Literally, I can't stop picking up new quests everywhere I go. I'm just like, fuck, I just walked past this person and they've mentioned something and now I've got 17 more quests. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how I'm going to play. I know a lot of people said that you should power through and then do a new game plus, but I don't know if I want to do that because I... I don't know if I, you know, will do another new game plus with all the shit that I have in my backlog. So I'm thinking I'm just going to play how I would play a normal Bethesda game and just play the shit out of it as much as I can. Um, try to see as much as I can. Uh, but yeah, very much enjoying it. Um, space combat I've actually enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, I, f I feel like some people had criticisms with it, but I actually have very much enjoyed the space combat portion. Um, and yeah, the biggest disappointment, I would say probably, I would say probably the loading is a bit of a disappointment. Um, I don't think it holds it back terribly, but I do think it takes away a little bit from that magic of like the Bethesda's open worlds that they've often crafted, you know, with you know, Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas, or well, they didn't do New Vegas, but uh, Skyrim, where you have these vast open worlds and you have no loading in the open worlds. Obviously, when you go into dungeons and stuff, you have loading. Um, but this... I feel like sometimes it lacks some of that because you're traveling to a space and then you're exploring that space and then you have to go to a load screen to go to another space. So it does lose some of that magic, I think, for me, but still very much enjoying it. And I think I'm honestly, I think I'm enjoying it a, close to the amount that I enjoyed Outer Worlds, which is a similar type of experience where you're traveling to uh, an open area, exploring that open area and then going to another open area. So um, right. I, I think, yeah, Outer Worlds, I feel like is a little bit higher for me personally. That year was my game of the year, um, but I also haven't played enough of Starfield yet to be able to compare them. But yeah, very much enjoying it thus far. So. I have a question about your... Um... The speech system you're talking about the uh, the way that persuading works with the new correct yes right okay you've got multiple tries to accumulate a certain amount of points to then pass yeah. the check right 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 okay and sometimes I felt like it was just very inconsistent like I even people are gonna say this is fucking cheating or whatever I don't care uh -oh. I I saved my game <laughs> right before doing oh like, yeah no I did the same thing yes yeah. like yeah. a big speech moment and like I'm not kidding I did it like four times because. 
every time I did it, it was so inconsistent. Like I even tried like different combinations because I was like, man, okay, he likes it here. He doesn't like it here. And I know part of it is like a bit of randomness because, you know, your top one is the easiest one, most chance of success. Your bottom right. one's least chance of success. Uh, personally, I'm just, I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. I, I would rather put more points in. And then if you're a higher level, then you have a better chance of succeeding or, or you like you succeed. Cause like in right. fallout, if you have a high enough point level, you, you're guaranteed success. Like you, you yeah. will complete it, but I don't know. We'll see as I move forward and, and put more skill points and such into it. Maybe my opinion will, will slide a bit on that. I, I think the the big I because I agree with you on that criticism and I think the problem is that Bethesda with, specifically with the persuasion choices that they've done. And it's funny you and I were talking about the DigiPick system and how we both really like that. Yes. It's really interesting. They haven't quite figured out how to do persuasion. They have, in my mind, it comes down to having their feet in both kind of camps at the same time, where it's like it does make you seem like certain characters, depending on who you're trying to persuade, they react to things differently like if you're th if you're describing the same incident the first big uh persuasion that you do in the main story it happens pretty early on like it seemed like i was like oh this type of person i need to talk to this person a certain way and i thought that was really interesting but i ended up doing what you did because i yeah. realized no it's not it, it really is i i think it's purely randomness it is, just yeah. hiding behind right so it's not even like yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that's the next big innovation Bethesda needs to work on for their. I, I think for like Skyrim, I would have hoped that they would have done something for this. But if they haven't cracked it yet, I think that's where the sh priority should be. Because at first, I thought it was way more comp. I was like, yes. oh, cool, this guy, res this guy, you need to calm yeah. and deescalate, and then yep. it, maybe other people only respond to intimidations and threats. But yeah. yeah, after playing with it for a very short amount of time, you realize no, that's just the dialogue and, and scripting and how they have it. Really, it is just purely chance and what your skill level is. And it doesn't really convey that well. And actually, I think if we were to have a conversation, uh, like Christian's mentioned that we want to do in the future about all of our things about Starfield, I think that's a, a, a consistent theme of mm -hmm. like, especially with like, like how you talk about planetary travel, right? It seems like they have their foot in both camps where it's like, when they were talking about the game, it was this grand a thousand planets, go anywhere, do this, and then you play it, and you're like, okay, that's kind of what this is, but there's a bit of a limitation. And yeah. So what it just that just sparked that in me when you said about the persuasion system, because I agree with you. I think yeah. that it's kind of a missed opportunity with how they decided to go about it. And I had the exact same thought as you when I played it the first time. I, I was literally looking for like, all right, this dude's like aggressive with me. I need to find like responses that would match like right. that kind of feeling and it, yeah you're you're totally right it's not actually designed that way which yeah that would be so cool if it was though like almost like right. an la noir-esque thing not that not that you're trying to figure out if someone's lying or whatever but like it's catering the conversations to the people that you're talking to for especially in like a mainline quest where it's part of the story like i could see how maybe like if, you, if you're just trying to like pay off a, a guard that it's not going to be that in depth and then maybe it's just chance then yeah. but i would like to see la noir is a fucking great example i would love to see something like that where maybe it's like okay this person clearly wants to be talked down off the ledge so you have to do that and maybe maybe there's a little bit of element randomness in those choices but like it'd be cool to see them kind of take a more focused approach to that yeah agreed uh 
Kirik says, some peoples don't like that. Some peeps. Why did I say peoples? Some peeps don't <laughs> like that. The auto quest pickups. I don't mind it. And I am just playing the game, going where quests take me and sometimes run off the beaten path. Yeah, uh, totally the same, Kirik. Uh, I've been doing the exact same thing, just kind of going as I go and, you know, riding on the seat of my pants, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, did you guys run into a ship called the Constant? Mm, I don't think so. Not no, I, I have no. not. Hmm. Kirik, have you run into a ship called the, what is it? Is it the Collard? I don't know. There's there's a fun little reference to a famous sci-fi movie that uh, you can find out there in space, which was which is pretty cool. I'm wondering if Kirik found that. Okay, won't say any more. No, I have not, he says. He is not. Interesting. That. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of little Easter eggs and, and good stuff out there. This like this, it's a great Bethesda game through and through. I think it is. It just sure. it just has those small little things that need tweaking. Bro, any uh, any anything happening over there? What you besides got? this weekend when we played? Oh, party. I forgot. Yes. yes. Thanks to Gate, I was able to play Pumble Party this weekend with the lads, and it was very fun. I enjoyed it a lot. It's like like they've talked about before in previous what you got from me sections. It's like Mario Party, but violent. And <laughs> <laughs> it is very much that. Um, but it's, it's, it's really fun. It's like I love the mini games that they have. Uh, and I love the violent aspect, how you can mess uh, mess up your uh, your opponents by punching them in the face, which was happening very often on gauges <laughs> from gauges. Side. Um, but yeah, it was lots of fun. And I hope we can... Uh, play again oh yeah it's fun. I, I like that there's the online aspect too where yes i wasn't expecting like i was expecting us just to be able to play but the game also filled it up with other people if they wanted to join which mario party does not do for whatever reason i would love to play mario party online with some with some strangers but right for some reason nintendo does not want me to do that but poem party fills that role and it was fun oh, yeah. shout out shout out to the randoms that joined too that were totally <laughs> uh chill and reasonable <laughs> And uh, yeah, we were we were waiting on Christian. I figured, you know what? Let's just add a couple open slots and see what happens. And I was surprised that uh, like it took maybe like what 30, 40 seconds for that to start mm -hmm. filling up. And yeah, yeah the people were uh, were pretty chill. We were typing away, having and, a good time. And then we abandoned them. And we did. <laughs> I'm hoping they think that my internet disconnected. That's what <laughs> like we did kind of leave them hanging there. I feel bad, but oh well. Oh well. Gage, what you got for me? Uh, a lot of little things. So before I forget, I did download the Ghost Runner 2 demo mm. on Xbox. I might give it another shot on keyboard and mouse. It didn't quite click for me on uh, Xbox. Or, or sorry, on control, I should say. That's the main thing. Um, I fooled around with the sensitivities and dead zones and all that stuff. I couldn't quite get feeling how I wanted it to. But uh, it is very fast and smooth. And, and speaking of, of, you know, Titanfall things, it very much has a bit of an inspiration from that. You can feel it in the gameplay and the and how smooth and how how much effort they put, they put into the wall running because it does feel seamless. Um, there was a time when there was a lot of uh, franchises trying to copy that, and like it was pretty. Like Call of Duty is a great example. I bring up with Black Ops Three, where it, it, the difference in the wall running was night and day. It felt very clunky and almost like you were kind of clipping onto something where. Playing Ghost Runner 2, I was like, okay, this is wall running and, and advanced parkour done right. It feels really smooth. So I only played that for a few hours. Um, I 
uh, signed up for Ubisoft Plus with the explicit uh, intention of just trying the Crew Motorfest, and I have been pleasantly surprised. Um, I think the I think more than anything, this is kind of a testament to this to the potential of the Snowdrop engine, where I'm playing the Crew Motorfest and. Uh, while it's certainly nowhere near the caliber of game of something like um, Avatar, uh, <laughs> Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, um, uh, something like Forza Horizon, it does. I'm playing it and I'm realizing, like, okay, this feels like Need for Speed, which I like. It's a bit more arcadey, it's a bit more fun, but it definitely looks closer to Forza Horizon than Need for Speed. This is a significant upgrade over um, the last engine they were using, and it's a significant upgrade over uh, Frostbite, which is what um, EA forces Need for Speed or uh, Criterion, whoever's making Need for Speed now, to use. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I, this this kind of hits that niche uh interest for me where i'm all about car customization i i love forza horizon it's gorgeous and nobody can argue that but you've got the same two wings that you can put on all 500 cars you've got for most cars the bumper option is just like a tow hook that it, like it, it's it does what it does which is extremely detailed licensed cars but it doesn't really let you experiment customize. or or customize them physically right the the vinyl editor is fantastic in forza and there's a great community around that but I definitely like taking my Mustang and making it look not like a Mustang just for the hell of it or, or um, JDM, old JDM, like uh, Toyota cars and stuff like that. There's a lot of modifications that you do for those in real life. So it's I've always been kind of privy to those Need for Speed games because they let you open that up. So this seems to be a good middle ground. I'm really impressed with the Snowdrop engine here. Um, there's a lot more content than Need for Speed Unbound, which was a huge disappointment, and I... I spent full price on that, which is kind of unfortunate, which is why I did the Ubisoft Plus route for this. So I've been playing that. A lot of fun so far. Having a good time with it. It's doing what it needs to do for me personally. And um, I'll be interested to see once more reviews start rolling out for that, see where that lands. Um, and there was uh, there was definitely... Oh, Party, party Pummel. Yes. All three of us played Party Pummel. Great time. Pummel Party? Do I say it wrong every <laughs> time? Pummel. I do. I get Pummel Party. Um... Oh, great game. I, I, I mean, uh, yeah, if you're on Steam anyways and you're looking for something to kind of scratch that Mario Party itch, I think this is a great, um, I think this is a really great game. And we've talked about it before and it's it's a good time, but I like to bring up that like, this is just a proof of concept from an indie studio, you know what I mean? Like, hmm. not only could a AAA studio take this idea and really add like complex features and all this stuff to it but not like this team themselves with the popularity they get like even for the sequel right when they if they come back and decide to make a sequel a lot of stuff we're seeing it very low poly it's very kind of uh it's very indie if we're being honest but the proof of concept in the core gameplay is like so good and like especially we say it's violent mario party not as and I, <laughs> the reason i say that is not that it's or m-rated mario party it's not that it's like that's what's important. It's that once you don't have to cater to a certain audience and you can have any type of mini game, it really opens things up, right? Like we all like I noticed that we all get real hectic when the arena shooter mini game comes up. And even though you're only playing it for like a minute and a half, that's the timeline because it's still a Mario Party game. Yeah. You're in it and you're feeling it, right? And there's the uh, there's like the car one where it's a top down isometric car that you're shooting car you're shooting bullets at each other while driving cars and it's the amount of variety of mini games you can have in this when you sort of let that rating sort of not guide you. I don't know. I, I think it's great. The variety of mini games in this game is is so fun, and it's always a good time. 
always a good time. Hell yeah. My sentiments are echoed for Pummel Party from both of you as well. I forgot about it. Thank you for sending <laughs> both of you. Uh, yes. And Christian has been playing Pummel Party also. He has been. All right. Into the topic of the show, guys. We have the biggest Xbox leak ever in history. Humankind ever. I don't know. It's uh, true. You said that like <laughs> clickbait, but I think it's actually true. I think I mean, that's objectively sure. factually that's true. Something. Yeah. Uh, and this leak comes by way of Microsoft themselves uh, for uploading <laughs> documents uh, to the... It wasn't FTC. Walmart Canada this time. No, yeah. <laughs> they uploaded some documents to the uh, trial portal or whatever for the FTC trial for um, their acquisition of Activision. And they accidentally put stuff in there that they weren't supposed to. That Then, you know, the court system's just like, yeah, we'll just publish this. It's supposed to be publish and then everybody saw it and here we are uh but to kind of start off here uh i'm gonna kind of work backwards a little bit here to start so phil spencer has now commented after all the leaks have come out so i'm gonna uh, go over what he says here uh phil says we've seen the conversation around old emails and documents it is hard to see our team's work shared in this way because so much has changed and there's so much to be excited about right now and into the future we will share the real plans when we are ready so that's phil kind of being like fuck i gotta send something out because you know all of my plans are everywhere um and then i'm gonna go through a few stories here real quick to uh kind of set the stage before we get into the deeper stuff but uh interesting story here uh 75 percent according to this document 75 percent of xbox series s and x players are playing on series s according to this court document it says 74.8 percent of series owners own the series s with the series x on 25.1 percent now a disclaimer to that is is these numbers they don't know what the numbers actually translate to they they don't know if this is like a quarter or like a certain period of time because it's like blocked out so you, we don't have that information uh but uh, according to IGN here both Matt Piscatello of Circana and Daniel Ahmad of Nico Partners told IGN their firms estimate the current split between Series X and S is closer to 50-50, with the S having a slight lead over the X. So that make, that would make more sense to me, I think, than a 75-25 split. Um, but I could definitely see like a quarter or whatever, you know, holiday or something like that um, being bigger for the Series S. Um, but yeah, the Series S is a lot bigger than I think people give it credit for. And, you know, that again, goes back to that conversation of parity between Series S and X and having feature parity being somewhat important because a lot of your players are using that console. Um, uh, also, so we got information that Nintendo and Warner Brothers were acquisition targets for Phil at one point. Um, so an internal Microsoft email, basically Phil says, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I don't think I need to read the whole thing. This was before the ZeniMax deal had gone through, but they were talking about ZeniMax as well as an acquisition target. And basically Phil said that he really wants Nintendo to, he wants to acquire Nintendo, but 
Uh, right now, they're not wanting to be acquired, and essentially they have enough cash on hand that they could make life difficult if they wanted to acquire them. Uh, <laughs> and doing a hostile takeover wouldn't really work, is what he's essentially saying. Uh, so he's like, we're just playing the long game. We're going to try and partner up with Nintendo to do some cool things, and which is interesting because uh, they have partnered uh, for like Banjo-Kazooie and Smash and... Um, uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something else, but they've partnered a couple of times in the last few years. Um, right. So it, it is interesting that, and yeah. And Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers is interesting because uh, they said one of the challenges with Warner Brothers was that Warner doesn't actually own a lot of their IP. So they would be buying a publisher that basically doesn't own much of anything. Right. They, they do license. a lot of licensing. Yeah. Right. So uh yeah very fascinating um um yeah the nintendo one's interesting because i kind of i feel like maybe we've discussed it before in terms of like hype like hypothetical mm -hmm. acquisitions right and it's weird to see it because that's one of those ones that always feels like when you're talking about it, pie in the sky but it is kind of it's a weird feeling to to see that confirmation of like no the, that was a thought in you know, in his head and not and more than just a thought, something that was that was put to paper and discussed. So it's interesting to kind of see the extent that some of these people are willing to go. I think I think there's some valid criticism of this in terms of like okay, there's a lot of it seems like there's a lot of money and resources that Xbox continuously puts into like the concept of acquiring things as opposed to bolstering student like a lot of these leaks comes from what are we acquiring? What are we planning to do hardware-wise? A lot of this stuff we haven't seen a whole lot of, um, unfortunately, any any sort of. It, it seems like they're putting a lot of money into into getting thing, getting other things that have already been proven and bringing right. it to the Xbox fold, as opposed to improving their studios, which is the one thing that every Xbox fan right now is kind of like, all right, this is what we need to work on, right? And Phil said as much himself, yeah. especially in some of these leaked emails, right? So that's a bit disappointing to see, but. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that the ball was entirely in Nintendo's court. They won't get sold to anyone unless they want to. And it's an important thing that people talk about. It's not a money issue. It is also a culture issue. Like, right. if they were to try and do some sort of hostile takeover, Xbox would lose every single fan in Japan. Like, they they, they don't have the and they same... They already don't have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they already don't have a lot. Like, that's the other thing. Like, people get a little nervous talking about it, but there's a, there is a culture difference. They take things a bit more seriously. They, they sometimes don't do things just because the bottom dollar. Like, they have a bit more... Uh, um, honor plays a role in, in how they do business over there. So I don't, I think Phil can talk about wanting to do that, but that Nintendo, that won't happen unless Nintendo wants it. And I don't mm. think Nintendo wants to do that. And one thing I will say in regards to what you were saying about bolstering their own studios, I feel like most of these stories, not all of them, but most of these stories are pointed more towards their acquisitions like recently or like, you know, possible acquisitions. Like, for instance, Bethesda's mentioned a bunch in here. Uh, right. And Nintendo, Warner Brothers, etc. I feel like that's more so because this is for the FTC um, investigation to see if you know, the merger between them and Activision should go through. And I think that's the, I think that's more so the FTC picking these things out uh, to analyze in the court case um, because they're the most relevant uh, to what's actually happening. Um, but not to say what you said isn't happening because obviously they're investing a lot externally and not 
necessarily as much internally. Right. That's a good clarification. Yeah. That the reason why these why the leaks why we're only seeing leaks about acquiring stuff is because it is related to acquisition stuff. I just meant in terms of like right. what we've seen them produce versus what we see that they're trying to spend externally, right? Like that's that's the kind of thing. It's like, okay, well if we're willing to spend this kind of money, I feel like we should be able to pump out some good some really good exclusives on a on a on a good basis if we were funneling that money there. But that's a good point, right? Like, For sure. yeah, this isn't about internal game development. So we're not going to see that kind of stuff leak out from this particular court case. For sure. For sure. Uh, this one, I, of all the things that leaked out, I think this one kind of irked me the most because I, I don't, unless I'm just fucking remembering wrong or like completely off base. Like I don't, I don't like this one uh, from Phil. And I like Phil, but I, I don't like this take here. Uh, they're talking about um, studios and and you know Game Pass and oh yes, and all I know that. What you're yeah. So uh, Phil starts the thread by saying, "I feel like the highlighted question is a preview of an opinion you have. Do you think Game Pass would have saved a studio we once owned?" Um, he's talking to uh, Gene Emil uh, Aline. Um, and they're just having back and forth about that. But then Phil goes up and says, I don't think we've ever closed a studio due to the studio's P&L, uh, which, you know, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head. I want, my gut tells me it's some sort of like bottom dollar, like yeah. in terms of revenue, how much they make. Yeah. Uh, he said it's almost always been either from leadership leaving Lionhead as an example, which I guess is Peter Molyneux, even though Peter Molyneux just kind of overpromised every fucking thing in the world. But right. uh, or a team just losing its passion. And he says an ensemble as an example. That comment right there, I'm just like, wait a minute, Phil. Uh, ensemble literally was told that they were being shut down two months before Halo Wars released, okay? Halo Wars sh did was fucking not ready yet. It was literally not ready yet, and Ensemble knew that they were being shut down. Those fucking people still finished and made a fucking banger of a game in Halo yes. Wars and released it, and then you fucking shut down Ensemble, and you're saying that they lost their passion? Like, if the team lost their passion, I'm pretty sure they're not gonna fucking release a game like that like they, they fucking poured their hearts into that game and the, uh, i know quite a few people i followed at the time that worked on at ensemble like they were very outspoken about wanting to finish the game because they were like so hyped about doing it and yeah that comment i was like come on phil i don't, I don't that was not that. a good look yeah and this goes to and this goes to again I, i'm somebody who generally as far as ceos go I think Phil Spencer is one of the better ones. I've, I'm quick to always say that these guys are CEOs. They're a different breed. I don't think that we should necessarily try and be friendly with them. But this is, this is uh, another symptom of what my constant criticism of Phil is, is that he talks about both sides of his mouth, right? He has a public persona and he has a private persona. And yeah, um, Ro, obviously you're not fully versed in the Halo universe. You're not kind of... <laughs> not a super fan like us but if you're to think of a long-standing franchise that suddenly makes a complete uh shift in genre for a for like a, a spin-off game normally that spells disaster and and this really th i took issue with this comment as well because the odds were stacked against halo wars from the get-go and the yeah. fact that not only it reviewed well from people who outs who, from outside of the halo fan base 
But people like me who were hardcore Halo fans, I played it and I was like, at the time I was not an RTS fan. I played it because it was Halo and I was like, holy crap, this is really good. Like the I that doesn't that doesn't add up. That can't be a, a that's what they were like when they weren't passionate. That's the yeah. type of game <laughs> they made when they didn't have passion. Are you kidding me? So yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm right there with you. It doesn't add up at all. It doesn't make any sense. Um and they decided to build off of that first game with a sequel with a different studio. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not a good look. Agreed. Agreed. Um so moving on from there. We got some emails of Phil comparing Xbox Series X to the PlayStation 5 after the Sony event revealed the PS5. Uh, Microsoft thought that it would have a 30% GPU performance advantage over the PS5 after the uh, announcement. And Xbox chief Phil Spencer was nervous about the PS5 unveiling before declaring, we have a better product than Sony does after they revealed the PS5. Which is interesting because I don't think that that ended up happening. I don't think that the performance uh, benefit that Phil thought they were going to have actually happened. I think that these two consoles are at the closest parity that any consoles have ever had, I feel like. Um, and PS5 might even actually slightly hold the edge yep. because of their developer tools. Uh, th that's something constantly we hear about, the developer tools being so much better on PlayStation 5 than xbox series s x tools so very interesting and it's it's super unfortunate to see that level of confidence when they've been the underdog for so long like i'm wondering if mm -hmm. this is why xbox continues to be the underdog is that they design their hardware in a bubble which is fine like that's what sony does obviously right. they're not, they're not sharing secrets but they design their hardware in a bubble and Again, you don't know where it happens on the chain of command, but Phil sees these numbers, these spec sheets, and he goes, this is awesome. This is the equivalent at the <laughs> time of like a 2080 or whatever. But you that's not all it comes down to, because as we saw shortly after launch, I think I think it was Assassin's Creed Valhalla, a third party game because of the SSD tech that they decided to put in the PS5 ran better and had better frames and better performance on PlayStation 5 over Xbox even though I'm pretty sure they had a, an advertising deal with Xbox and that was right. what they were trying to push. And I remember there was a lot of talk because again, shortly after the console was launched, hardware specs, you know, the specifically with the GPU, Xbox had that on paper lead, but then you see, and it's like, well that, you know, when it comes to software and video games, it's not that simple. It's not that easy. And there's a lot of variables. And we saw very quickly that the, uh, PlayStation prioritizing certain things with their SSD speeds and their connectivity between the CPU, GPU, all that stuff, and how that all works. That that had a that had a performance that it better performed than the Xbox did, right? So I'm worrying that this is maybe a a a, a pattern that Xbox gets into where they're like, okay, we're gonna really compensate next time, and they get in their little bubble and they look at everything and they say, okay, yeah, this we picked a really good CPU, we picked a really good gpu let's throw them all together and it's like well maybe you need to have more vision than that especially like you said when it comes to how the developers are going to utilize the actual two tools you use right and obviously first party playstation studios all that stuff is accounted for when it comes to their engines and how it's going to work with the with the actual retail box that ends up shipping and i think you're right i think that's definitely a part of it and i think he jumped obviously i think he jumped the gun because he it sounds like he was really really 
sure that uh, this was going to be the the mark of a new era. And as we've seen, that Xbox is still comfortably in third place. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so let's go into the meat and potatoes here. Uh, Microsoft is tentatively targeting 2028 for their next-gen console, as they describe here in this little chart, with full convergence, whatever the fuck that means. I have no <laughs> idea. You will comply. Yeah. Uh, so 2028 is their next uh, next-gen console. However, that is not their next hardware, which we got to look at thanks to these leaked documents. We have a refreshed Xbox Series X console that will launch next November, complete with a front USB-C port, two terabytes of storage, Wi-Fi 6E, and Bluetooth 5.2 support. So double the storage. You're adding Wi-Fi 6E, which is a better Wi-Fi technology, and you're adding Bluetooth 5.2, which is actually pretty huge, I think, in terms of accessories. Uh, oftentimes, PlayStation gets more options for accessories because they have Bluetooth support, and Xbox has always done their proprietary wireless protocol only. So you always have the fucking... You've got one headset that's the X headset. you got the other headset that's the p for playstation headset and the playstation headset works with literally everything except yep. xbox because of the fucking not having bluetooth so that should help with that kind of stuff for peripherals um so that's at least nice uh it's also a brand new design it's a, basically a cylinder instead of a it's an apple home pod now instead of a vcr <laughs> yeah pretty right much uh, I actually like the cylindrical design better than this. Not that I hate this design, the current design, but um, I think this, I don't know. I just like this smoothness to it. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but more importantly, the price point is still going to be $4.99 and there will be no disk drive. So what an interesting, an interesting thing here is, is, Sony now basically has the game plan of what Microsoft's doing. We could be in another situation yet again where Sony undercuts Microsoft and says, oh, you got a refreshed console? We've got a refreshed console with no disk drive, and it's fucking $399 again, because that's what they did before. They they released $399 diskless ps5 and you can buy the attachment on the new ps5 i'm sure where you can play the disc but like i i again they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot here making this 500 dollars still and you're taking out the disc drive i've already seen people commenting online about that and i i i think that's a decent conversation to have too because you know for instance me in the past i would have been all over getting a refresh design or whatever but now I'm sitting back thinking, I'm like, no, I probably won't get this for $500. Right. It's the same internals. Um, like this, some of this other stuff is nice to have, but I don't think I need it. And the other problem is, is no disk drive. I can't play my fucking 300 Xbox 360 games that I have on disk if I wanted to play backwards compatibility, um, which is yeah a whole nother thing. Which is a talking point that Phil brings up all the time right. xbox is the place for games preservation except for when we refresh our consoles 
in which oh. case you now no longer have the option for the cheap or the or the expensive one. There's no disk drive in either. Right. And I, I saw a tweet. I wish I wish I I wish I liked it or, or kept it or made a note of it. Um, but they mentioned that this refresh in particular is the most anti-consumer that Xbox has been in a long time, simply for the fact that with the design changes, but the fact that the internals and the specs for what really matter are the same. They, yeah. they, it was worded really well. Is that this is a refresh that saves the Xbox that saves Xbox money, but you, they're charging you the same for it. Correct. Yeah. And that was this. That was the way that it was worded. Maybe you saw the same tweet scroll by, but yeah, it was it was really well worded, and that's true. If you if you were to remove again Xbox, to their credit, they have done a lot of pro consumer things, and we we always give them credit when they do that. But that doesn't block you from when you do stuff like this is a very Apple move, right? Like you think mm -hmm. about them switching to USB-C because yes. they have to and, and then saying, look at, look, we're bringing you this. That's how I feel about the Bluetooth situation in this new Xbox. Well, it's not like you guys cracked the code and just figured it out. You chose to not have it in the previous right. Xbox, right? So now you're giving people a commonly used piece of software that is abundant everywhere else like you said these steel series these are a playstation uh steel series because they're white and blue and i think that looks cool i'm using them on my pc right now and that's where they stay they're my pc headset but i was able to get the playstation one because it looked cooler but because it uses bluetooth and like you said yep. and that is a widely used standard format um so yeah like when i think of the selling points of this i think this this is a very un it's almost uncharacteristically xbox and who knows because we don't know definitively when right. these documents the date of these documents so hopefully hopefully that this has changed and maybe they have put in like all they would have to do to justify this for me is a more powerful graphics card right even if they're not jumping to the next generation saying oh this is going to do 8k 30 but just a more consistent you're going to get more 4k 60 frames options or, or what have you yeah but the fact that this is just hey we're we're adding, uh, you can now use headphones that you've already bought that have been available on other consoles and other platforms since the dawn of man. Now you can use them with Xbox, but give us the same amount of money. I don't know. Or and like you said, losing the disk drive, right? Yeah. Phil's all about game preservation. Xbox is the platform for that. And when we talk about their plans for 2020 uh, or for their next console, if we get to that, yeah. right? Like that's this is all spelling. This is all looking in the opposite direction of game preservation, which is what you've been talking about for a while. And I mean, we we had this conversation about um, mid gen cycles or whatever, and I, I told you guys I don't think that we're gonna get a mid gen upgrade for um, Xbox. But like, this is the perfect opportunity to introduce this digital version, make it one terabyte. Don't doesn't have to be two terabytes. A digital version at three ninety nine, and then keep the same design language with a disk drive for four ninety nine. I don't. I wouldn't see a problem with that. Keeping it the same price and updating all this stuff as long as the disk drive is in there and then you have a cheaper option for that's digital only um for uh, 3.99 to try to compete because like i, I just don't see how they're going to compete with sony who's out over there right. selling a 3.99 digital version and you're going to sell a five 4.99 digital version it just doesn't make any sense well it also tees up sony to be in a position where they could undercut them that they could undercut them in a different way where they could do a mid-gen refresh that is actually a pro model and right. that is upgraded at that price and they match the price yeah. of the same series x right and now you can get literally more performance better performance for right. the same price so yeah they're 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 screwed from a couple different angles again assuming that this is still still what the do. same right. what they're doing right exactly 
it wouldn't make sense to lower the price of the Series X either, right? And because then you would be paying the same price for this new model, but just getting technically a worse. It's not worse because it has the the things that they're including, but it gets rid of the disk drives. So you're like, why am I paying more? So it just it becomes more confusing if they want to still right. do the tiers. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's just <laughs> just it's messed weird. Up. I'd love to know who their demographic is too, because that's the thing. The Xbox fan base has probably already went out and bought their Xbox compatible headsets. Right. So the big selling point of this being, so it's like, okay, so this Series X, then if this, again, if these are the, the plans that are still happening, is this just for people that are already not in the ecosystem? In which case, the price, again, the price is, is the weird angle where, okay, but now you can, if you're going to commit to the ecosystem, yeah. well, I, I, okay, well, why don't I just get the, the old Series X that has all these other more useful features? And then just buy an Xbox. It's very strange. Very, very strange. Um, on the back of that, though, also, we're getting a new controller as well that we got to look at uh, that has an accelerometer inside for gyro support, um, which an Xbox controllers never had. So that's something new. Um, but it also will have, uh, of course, Xbox wireless protocol, Bluetooth 5.2, which the newer controllers all have that anyways. Uh, it says direct to cloud, which I want to say that Stadia had something like that, where you could essentially connect the controller straight to the cloud and it helped with latency. So that's interesting if that happens. Um, mm. uh, seamless parent switch, which that's nothing out of the normal. Uh, it has like a lift to wake. Um, it Oh, this was a big one. Rechargeable and swappable yes. battery pack that is included, which... That, in my opinion, it's important that it should be swappable, not just that they include the rechargeable battery pack that they've never included, uh, but it should also be swappable because we know how quickly batteries can degrade. Um, and hopefully the battery life is as good as the current one. But uh, I actually really like the design of this minus the fucking two-tone. Two <laughs> my God. I mean, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm all for fucking accents. Like, you know, if all of the buttons and all of the thumbsticks and everything were all black and the controller was all white, that would look fucking slick, I think. But why the fuck do we have a horizontal <laughs> line through the middle of the controller that is we're fucking... Wearing pants. I hate Just it. He's wearing little pants. It's exactly the same as the fucking DualSense. It's the same fucking thing. I hate that. So... As our resident two-tone uh, supporter, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna come in and say that this is not a good implementation of of two-tone. And you use the dual sense as a, as an example. I think those are two different leagues. I think the the when it comes oh, to two-tone, the dual sense is exactly how it should look. I think it's much better balanced. Rashan bringing up the pants comment, like I don't I don't think this controller looks. It's very strange. It's not even like okay if if the black is supposed to be like a grip that that prevents finger yeah. uh you know smudges all that stuff because yeah the white gloss is not looking good for me too like the gloss that's never a good idea especially on anything that you touch yeah um, fingerprints galore auto automakers have just learned this with with taking all their controls off of piano black and putting it to flat black and now xbox is going the opposite way which doesn't make any sense but um, yeah, even if the black is supposed to be a rubberized thing, like it doesn't come up far enough on the side. Like I'm looking at this, so where your hands yeah, are naturally yeah. and where your thumb's going to be if it's not on the sticks. Yeah, I'm like, this doesn't even come up far enough, and it doesn't have the right areas where it's like it's very. It almost seems like let's make it two tone, 
okay, make the bottom half black. Like it doesn't, it doesn't scream well thought out to me. So as someone who is all about that two tone life, this one is not, uh, it's not doing it for me. I'm not a fan of this yeah. controller. It does not look, and for, and I know that they said the ergo is supposed to be the same, but looking at the, the curved edges, like it seems like it's, it looks less ergonomic to me. Like that was my mm-hmm. immediate, like it looks very cylindrical, like less n- not shaped to the hand almost. I don't know. I do like that it's more compact. Like the but the buttons seem to be closer together. I like that. Uh, yes. Like the current controller is much fatter, and I feel like that would feel a lot better having that a bit more compact. So like I do like that aspect of it. Um, is this? going to be a an upgrade to the edge or is this still below that like the uh, not the edge sorry the all oh, the elite the boxes the elite i yes, think yes, this yes, is yeah. replacing the core controller it is i think this oh, is their okay, new generation okay, okay. of what the core and then so yeah. that's the thing we don't know what the elite version of this will and, and they did like. in the leak document did mention uh, a new elite controller as well but it was mentioned as not having funding yet so right so it's not confirmed right right but yeah, essentially that controller would take all the new stuff from this one, but then I guess make it better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we got all of that information. Um, they they say that the Series S refresh is supposed to launch September of next year, which would launch at two ninety nine for the one terabyte. Which again, they just released a one terabyte Series S that is uh, fifty dollars more. The carbon black one, it's three forty nine. So like now if you're looking at this, you're like, all right, I'll just wait till next September when it's fifty dollars cheaper. Um, but yeah, uh we got all of that info. Um we've got some game information as well, uh, which Gage probably was about crying when he saw this. Uh the leaked Xbox <laughs> emails mentioned Red Dead Redemption 2 for next gen. So we might be getting a update there. Um, there was rumors there is see this is and this is where the dates is the big curveball because there are rumors that that was canceled so depending on when this leaked because that's the thing uh i I, somebody somebody it might have been tom henderson but somebody had mentioned that uh rockstar had decided to cut that and that they weren't going to do a next gen version so depending on this I'm, i'm hoping that this is current and this is true but if it's years old as everything else is uh this might not I mean, it might not. Don't hold your breath over it. One thing that uh, I also thought was very cool uh, that I forgot to mention in the console segment is uh, custom consoles in Xbox Design Lab. That sounds really. Yes, I was going to I was going to I was going to poke that if you didn't if you didn't bring that up. That is very cool. That is again, that is one of the best things that Xbox does. The fact that you can go on and design your controller with a level of customizability that is something that you see out of like third party like scuff or something like that. And it's you get the factory warranty. It's made. You can get it laser engraved. Xbox Design Lab is one of the best things that Xbox has done in like the past decade. Very cool to see that they are considering bringing that to the consoles. That's for the series, the, the Series S refresh, right? Yeah, Series S and X. Yeah. Oh, and X. Okay. Yes. Cool. Cool. Yep. I want. Uh, I want a red cylinder, please. <laughs> 
Uh, some more games that uh, possibly got leaked as well. Uh, the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion remaster is apparently w- in, was in the works. Uh, Fallout 3 remaster also in the works, which would be fucking awesome. We want remakes. Let's be clear. We want well, remakes. That's true, but yeah, it sounds right. like remaster. Maybe not Creation thing. Engine 2, but at least the, yeah. the version, the most recent version of for each of those franchises. Like, I want to wow. see Fallout 3 and Fallout 4's version of Creation Engine. Or just I, I think they'd, I think they'd have to at this point with how old that, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't you? It's 2008, right? Like, that's... Or just let Obsidian make New Vegas 2. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, now we're making uh, too much sense. Let's slow down here. <laughs> Apparently, Indiana Jones is close to release as it was supposed to come out last year. So that may come out next year, I would imagine. That, I'm almost certain that's what their licensed IP is there in that in that yeah. whatever section that falls under. And I and I think people I, I haven't seen a lot of people like I've seen some other news outlets kind of cover this. And everybody talks about Project Crestal like they don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure Project Crestal is Starfield. I'm almost certain mm. that that's what that is, because gotcha. that's. The release it says the release is this year, which it, unless there's a surprise Bethesda game coming out, like I think that's what Project Crestle is, and it mentions a DLC for Project Crestle mm, in the yeah. first quarter of next year, and that's already like if you pre-order the game, you get the seasons pass. They've already confirmed that that. So I think that takes yeah. that off the board. I'm pretty sure Project Crestle is Starfield. Makes sense. Uh, also, Dishonored three, so maybe our Arcane goes back to Dishonored. Be great. Huge. Yep. Uh, and also uh, Doom Year Zero, which sounds like maybe a prequel for Doom. Uh, that was supposed right. to come out last year as well. So maybe next year we'll see that as well from id. Um, that'd be interesting. And they also said briefly they'd put in here maybe an Xbox handheld. So they just kind of mentioned that in this <laughs> little pamphlet. Just casually. Yeah. So that's interesting as well. Um, so cool. Yes, I'm with you, Ro. That'd be all. Um, okay, so we got a couple more things to get through real quick because I know we're running long. Uh, Elder Scrolls Six apparently won't release on PlayStation and will be exclusive to Xbox, according to these court documents. The title is expected to launch sometime after 2026. Now they did say. Uh, specifically in the documents, or maybe Phil said this, I can't remember, during the trial, uh, that it was so far away that they hadn't made the decision yet, but they had put placeholder platforms on Elder Scrolls Six that only had Xbox and PC. So that's why people were saying... Not a good sign, I don't think. Especially like we talked about last week with how well Starfield's doing. And again, with with Phil Spencer and his not wanting to take franchises away from people, but to enhance them. It's like, well, this is a longstanding franchise right. that has quite the fan base on PlayStation. So if you do this, that is you going against your own word and your own brand that you've been building. So I really hope this isn't true. I, I, I think that it was I think I was pretty based when I said new IP from Bethesda. You are in your right to make it exclusive, but you should not be taking something that already exists other players skyrim is one of the most beloved games of all time ever there are people that love that game and that Mm. play it on playstation right and you've been supporting playstation with all these other updates and different special editions you've been doing so for them to pull the rug out from them now i think that's a really bad move and i will i don't know i don't know i I really don't like that i agree with you however also if 
at the same time, if you look at it from the other perspective, if Sony was the one purchasing Bethesda, would they be making this stuff exclusive? So that is a that's a personal dialogue you have to have with yourself. I, yeah. If that person does a bad thing, does that mean that I, I agree? Like, yes, I I, I'm well aware yeah. that Sony is the greediest of pigs. <laughs> I know for a fact. Yeah. Right. But it, that's the thing. Xbox is building their brand on exactly. not being that. Yeah. It, so, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be going against their mo. They're just being Sony at that point. Right. <laughs> Jim, Ryan, is, is, Jim Ryan. makes but, yeah. no promises to anyone ever. Yeah, it's true. Which sucks, though. It does. It, does it, it definitely is a, a double standard, but it's a double standard that they created themselves. Ex- right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Uh. Okay. And the last question here. Would Microsoft pull out of the gaming space? Microsoft may exit the gaming business if if Game Pass subscribers off console don't increase enough by 2027. Uh, Phil said, I do not believe that this is uh, what the future Xbox business would look like. This is a presentation from our devices organization to the gaming leadership team. So this is the view from the team that is chartered with building our hardware on what the future business would look like. I can fairly safely say if we do not make more progress than this off of console, we would exit the gaming business. If this were the outcome, we would. I don't believe we would still be in the business. A majority of our customers are found off of our own hardware, I would hope by earlier than 2030. So when you asked me if I agreed with this chart that the light green and blue, depending on what colors you see there, would have would have to be much larger, much earlier. I would say by fiscal year 26, 27, that we should be in the position or we'd have to make a different decision with the business, which I think part of personally, I think part of this is, is like I think Phil has a lot of confidence in Game Pass and what it can become. Uh, cause that was kind of his baby. Um, and it's still relatively new. So like if they get into their cadence of releasing a new big AAA game every quarter, like they want to, I feel like it'll definitely get there. Um, and I think this is kind of him, his confidence of that speaking out of that, but also remember this is also in, in the, uh, court presentation for, uh, the acquisition of Activision. So they kind of also have to be like, oh, poor me. We're not, we may not do well if we don't have this other thing. But like, you know, there's also that. That's, that is, I didn't think about that. I, I had, a, I totally disagreed with you originally on this. And that's, that's an interesting perspective that I didn't consider that that could be that they're definitely playing it up. I, I lean more towards the other side still only for the fact that how long game pass has been out like it is a relatively new product but the relativity changes when they've been given a blank check like microsoft has given them a blank check you know it's not forever because the amount of money they have been spending on this right is insane so even though it's a somewhat new service i think the time time is relative when there's this much money at stake i think microsoft is not willing to give them this if they don't see results because game pass has been incredibly consumer friendly and we know that that is at the cost of microsoft right some of these deals that have leaked before about the prices that they're paying and even in this in this uh, round of leaks we've seen that what their estimates are for what they think third parties would ask of them if they were to try to get day ones and these are these are not small numbers so yeah. xbox has been spending a crazy amount of money and like you said phil spencer is all in on this right this was his this was his effort to kind of save the brand. And I think that 
he's committed to it now. And I think they've, they've positioned them themselves into a corner where this kind of has to work for them. Right. Otherwise, cause there's no return on this game. It's not like they can just sell the game pass. Isn't a physical product that they can just sell off. Like, Oh, we don't want to do this anymore. Like it's, you've put all the money in already. You have to just get the results now. So I, I, I agree with you. Uh, that's a very interesting perspective that, yeah, it definitely could be uh, over dramatized and maybe they're, Maybe the, the actual timeline he has gives them a bit more time. And he's just kind of, like you said, trying to make it a bit more poor right. us, you know, we're the underdogs, blah, blah. But I, I think there's probably a lot more elements of truth to this where he probably is, is uh, at least being checked on very much. There's no way you get a blank check and, and no, right. no follow up. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. It's interesting to see their projected timeline and, and where they think they need to start turning things around. Indeed. Uh, Kirik says, wish I could customize an Xbox controller with a Switch logo. Sony would pull it in a heartbeat. I'm okay with Xbox pulling it. I guess he's talking about Elder Scrolls. And Glenn says, what are you talking about? Why would you want to have smaller? You got baby hands. No, I have big hands, Glenn. But I'm saying like the thickness of the controller doesn't need to be that thick. You know, we'll see. I don't know. I pulled it up when you were talking about it, and I see what you mean with the with the. It seems like the buttons, like on a on a small scale, but everything is kind of pushed closer together. Yeah, I did see that actually uh, when I when you were talking about it. I made a point to look at it and really. So that part I do like, right? Obviously, it sounds ridiculous, but this is our hobby, like thumb travel, like you know what I mean. The distance it takes for you to get from one button to the other, like sure. I mean, why shouldn't it be closer, right? There's not really, there's not really a downside to that. Agreed. Bro, I apologize for this last segment. We've, you know, no, it's okay. I it was it was a good segment. It was a good segment. I just don't I just don't have that Xbox knowledge like you guys do. Right, but that's fair. That's why we had you. Ro and I have Ro and I have reversed. This is how it it goes with Nintendo conversations. (laughs) Exactly. We Ro was dominating everything when it was fucking you know all the Final Fantasy like games. You know, right, and the Toadette the Toadette lore and (laughs) yeah Toadette. Oh my god. Hell yeah. All right. Let's get us out of here before Gage is late. All right. Thank you to everyone watching us live on YouTube and Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, Gage. Thank you, Christian. Get better. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love and keep on gaming. See ya. Peace.